You're listening to the Marketing to Millions podcast, the only show to give you real, raw, behind-the-scenes tools and marketing strategies to create a thriving online coaching business. I'm your host, Liz Bohr, a girl who traded in her corporate climbing career to help ambitious thought leaders create a bigger impact using effective and intentional digital marketing strategies. Thanks for listening in. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, as we jump into today's episode, I want to ask you a question and have you think about what freedom really means to you. Like really think about it, what it means to you and ask yourself if you are leading a life in a way that you feel like you are down the path to achieve the level of freedom that you're looking for. Because in this episode, I'm joined by Sky Barber, someone who threw away her corporate stable career to chase freedom. Sky is a leadership coach, best-selling author, business podcaster. She's a farmer's wife and a mummy of two boys. Since 2018, she has been on a mission to evolve female leaders, helping them to align and leverage their time, team, and talent. After working in corporate management for 15 years and hitting burnout, something we can probably all relate to. She ended up in a hospital. Yikes. Five months pregnant with no turning back, she took the plunge and quit, starting up her own business. Since then, she has helped hundreds of ambitious women scale their business while leading a life that they love. I love that story. In this episode, (laughs) listen for how Sky describes the four freedom blocks and what we can do to remove them. I've never heard them described in this way before, so you'll have to let me know what you think in the comments section or leave a review anywhere you're listening to this podcast. All right, it's time to bring her in. So Sky, thank you so much for being here. But before we get into why you threw away your stable corporate career, because I really want to hear all about that, can you share (laughs) the entrepreneurial glass ceiling you have successfully broken? Oh, so more money, more time, but more flexibility than my corporate job, which ultimately leads to more choice. So I know we're going to dive into this deeper, but I believed growing up, I could either be a great mummy or earn great money. And they were both ceilings for me. One was like, how good am I going to be bringing my children up? And the other was like, how much money am I going to earn to actually look look after them, look after my family and have the life that I love? And I felt both were capped. And I have broken both those ceilings to do more than that in my business than I could. But I, I think I could have gone far in my career, but I would never have had the lifestyle with it. That's incredible. I can relate definitely to thinking about one or the other and Mm -hmm. instead of a hybrid approach instead of like designing what we want for our own lives and creating a business or our own thing to evolve around the lifestyle that we can create so I'm excited to dive into that a little bit more and I just want to add, if that's okay, yeah. that when when I was like looking to leave, everyone was like, don't do it. I remember my husband, my brother-in-laws, my parents, they're like, the money doesn't get any better than this. I was on like 60, 70,000 pounds in the UK. I had a team of 250 people. Oh. I was, you know, running a business that was like a like your own mini franchise of 45 million pounds turnover. It was great. It was a great company. 
But I saw the direction it was going in and I didn't see where I was going. So everyone around me was like, don't do it, don't do it. So to break the mold and still do it anyway, that felt scary and that felt tough. But, and it took three years, three years to be able to pay myself the same, but I've had the flexibility and freedom throughout, but three years for the financials to come through, but there isn't a single day where I don't regret it. What? helped you push past that fear that you might have been feeling. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that there were a lot of different little, you know, negative thoughts kind of creeping in because you had all of those people in your close circle, you know, all of your friends probably telling you like, don't do it. Don't do it. It's not going to be better. It's going to be worse. So what was that like for you? How did you eventually, you know, I I know we, we talked a little bit about in the intro about you getting hospitalized and maybe that was it for you. But in the end, how did you push past that fear? Okay. Great question. I loved my career. I loved my job. I had a lot of autonomy. I felt like it was my own business. I always had a dream to have my own business, but I'd been surrounded by entrepreneurs, my parents and grandparents who sacrificed their whole lives to be successful. Well, is what is successful? Is that constant sales, constant hassle, constant busyness and, and money? Well, yeah, they had that, but it was hard and hard. So when I went into corporate career, I was shown this path of how you could be successful still, but not have to have the pressure and responsibility of your own business. And I, but deep down, whilst everyone around me was like, get this job, do this job. It's amazing. I got headhunted to do it. Deep down, I knew I always wanted my own business. The problem was there's my business was too comfortable. The job I was in was too comfortable. It was great. Like I really loved it in many ways. So I had this idea that in five years after joining, I would leave. Well, obviously that five years rolled on and rolled on and rolled on. And I got different jobs and different job roles. And then something happened. I went through a very, very tricky period in in a, in a particular store and I was basically told to like half the manpower to make everyone redundant, to like move all the managers. And it was like set in its ways. And I was 27 at the time, 28 at the time. And, you know, I didn't get everything right, but I lost the team. And I remember them all just crying to me. And I, and I thought, this is horrible. For the first time ever, I feel vulnerable in my role. Like I'm not enjoying this. Why am I doing this? I don't want to do this forever. And what the tipping point was is I always knew I wanted my own business. I always knew I needed to have the flexibility of my own control to have a family that I wanted. And I was about to get married and have children, but, but my job had been too comfy. Then I had this uncomfy period and I felt vulnerable. And I suddenly thought, Sky, your confidence is going here. You think when your confidence is high, you think you can do anything at any time. So true. <laughs> when your confidence is knocked and you're low, like you think like your options are shut, like are closed to you. And it's really hard to think, how are you going to dig yourself out of this? And so I was determined at that point. I was like, I've made the decision. I'm leaving. I'm going to spend six months turning this around. I'm going to leave on a high and I'm going to go. And I made that decision at that point. And it was at that, just after the low point, that I ended up being in hospital with a suspected migraine, a migraine, a suspected bleed on the brain. Oh, and my gosh. it ended up being work stress. Oh, so. Wow. Yeah, an MRI and three days in hospital. And it was, that to be honest, wasn't even enough to make me quit. It was more like I had to be focused on what I wanted and I wanted a family. And I looked at my career and I was like, do I want to raise children in this setup? 
my husband's a farmer. He works long hours. He's very busy. I can't rely on him family-wise. I'm like, is this down to me? Can I imagine? Like, I looked around me. I was like, I've got 20 colleagues, nine, no, 18 are men. (laughs) And of the one other woman, she's a single parent and her child's in childcare the whole time. Do I want to be like that? No. (laughs) Yeah. So I realized like this is, is now or never. And if I've had the baby, I'll never leave because it won't be, it won't be responsible because I need the income and that stuff. But before the baby arrives, like if I go now, I've got a chance to make it successful before he arrives. Yeah. That's... And it was like a burning platform. Yeah. You, you gave yourself a little bit of a runway. And I think it's important to note, you know, I love that you gave yourself a deadline because a lot of times when we're making these big, huge life decisions, it can feel really heavy. But to give yourself, okay, six months runway in six months, I will feel good and confident leaving this career that you used to love that you might not love as much anymore. But now you gave yourself six months and maybe even during that time, you spent time looking at how you wanted to start your own business, start your own thing, what you wanted to do, what skill sets that you had to alleviate some of that pressure of, okay, six months and day one, you're starting over from scratch and you have no idea where to start where six months. I did lots of things. Yeah. I created a safety net in terms of financials. So I had breathing space, like not a lot in comparison to my salary, but enough to like cover the basics. I knew I wasn't going to starve. I just have a roof of my head and the bills paid. I also started experimenting because one of the things I was scared of is like, I've never had to actually make money before. I, that's a lie. I have had small businesses throughout my whole life. But at the time I was like buying and selling horses or breeding dogs because I'm a farmer's daughter. It's not a business, you know, so I wasn't appreciating that. So I felt like I'd never made money before. And so I allowed myself six months of experimenting. And I remember the first time someone paid me 2000 pounds cash and I held this cash and I said to my husband, this is 2000 pounds. This is a lot, but the symbol of it is so much more. The symbol is I don't need an employer to survive. Yes. I can do this. Yes. That was the confidence I needed to be like, okay, let's do this. But the first year was really, really hard. And I would like to say that before this kind of six month period, I'd had three years and all the notebooks in the world of ideas, trying to find the perfect one and the exact business I needed to start and nothing was ever quite right. And it was just fear of failure the whole time running through my brains. But when my back was against the wall and I was like, I'm going to have a child. I need to do this now. I passionately knew that that was the right thing to do, even though I didn't know what I was actually going to do. I built a safety net and I thought, I can make money. There is always a way. It's now or never. Otherwise, I'd be stuck for life. Yeah, so true. So in your opinion, if someone is in the same position that might be listening, mm-hmm. that's thinking, Sky, I've, I've built all the ideas. I have the notebooks full of things that I could do. How mm-hmm. do I pick? to be able to move forward. Okay. What I would say is look at those ideas and go, right. What is the quickest, simplest, easiest way for me to make some money right now outside of my job? Or look at one idea and say, so my idea was like hospitality business. It was this huge idea, big investment, like hotel and stuff. I thought, what's the quickest, simplest, easiest way I can work out if I even want to do this? 
oh, I've got a spare room in my house. I live in a farmhouse. So I was like, I'm going to Airbnb it. When people book to Airbnb, I upsold them into a British experience. So typically Chinese and American people would come over and they'd come and stay with us. And I'd do like a British dinner party and we would do tours around the farm. I'd go to Blenheim Palace and various things. And then instead of paying the 200 pounds, they paid the like 2000 pounds for that. You know, I did it a handful of times, not like all the time. But what I learned from that was I could make money, but also I did not want that type of business. Like, no, thank you. (laughs) That was not me. So you have to experiment sometimes and just be bold, but strip it back. Instead of thinking I need to have the biggest website, I need to invest in this and that, just think, well, how can I just test this? Yeah. How can I play and give this a go? And I was really inspired by um, a UK author, a guy called John Williams, who wrote the book, Screw Work, Let's Play. I think it's now got a more swearier title. But John Williams and I, he was my first mentor, actually. And he's a bizarre character, if I'm, all, if I'm honest, like polar <laughs> to me. I don't know what he thought of me. But he really installed in me the belief of like, let's just give this a go and play and just see, just test it. Just how do we just test this? Take the pressure off. It's not a business for life. Let's just think of it as a fun game this month. And then from that, you'll learn something. Yeah, that's really interesting. And a a different perspective, right? Because then we're looking at it as an opportunity to learn and grow rather than forcing it into something where we have to make money, we have to make this work. If it doesn't work, we're a failure. Instead, we can look at it from a place of fun and enjoyment and just an opportunity to see if it is something that we might like to do. I mean, I'm four years into my business. And if I could tell the me back then that like Sky, there's going to be a bit of a roller coaster and there are going to be times of tears. But in four years time, you're going to have two small children. You're going to work the hours you want around them. You're going to have a team of four. You're going to be a multi six figure level. You're going to change people's lives with your business. And you're going to love every moment you're in it and working with clients. I would have, and you're going to pay yourself more than you paid, got paid in corporate to do that and work probably two thirds of the hours that I did. I would be like, yes, please. Like, eat my, <laughs> like, no, like I wanted that. But I didn't believe like necessarily I could get that. But it's that constant like recalibrating. Like what is it I want and need? Like how do I get there? What's the vision? What are the steps? Just keep taking the small steps. It's so easy to, I know I've got a huge vision of what I want for my business and my life. But when I think about that, sometimes that scares me. And I just think about what do I have to do this week? (laughs) What one thing do I need to move forward this week to test it? Yeah, that's a good point. Can can we dive into that a little bit? Because I would love to unpack you know, how we break down time and how we can set some boundaries, especially if we do have, you know, young kids at home or other responsibilities in our life that may take time away from other things. Even, you know, for service providers, we have clients that we have to serve while we might be ser- while yeah. we might be trying to create a coaching aspect of our business. So yeah, how absolutely. do we break that down in order to, because getting to the at least for me, you know, you can be a visionary all day long and you can think and dream all these big things. But then when we go to execute, it can get overwhelming a little bit and it yeah. can get frustrating to know, okay, I want to do this at the end, but how do I, what are the small steps that I can take in order to make sure that I get to where I want to go? So for me, we're kind of talking about two 
different like avenues of the same thing. One is about like, where are you spending your time and the value of your time? And the second thing is about the strategic steps you're taking in order to achieve the big vision. So this is the way I work. Like, I believe that like, we should have a vision, like, I don't know, three to five years of what we're aiming for, the reason why we're doing our business, what gets us up in the morning, the thing we hold on to on those bad days, and a reason why personally that's important to us. But we need to break that down into strategically, what does that mean for the next, I don't know, three months, six months? Like, what are the milestones? What are the results we're driving? If you've got a team, like, what does that mean for individuals within the team? I'm being really clear on like, what are the two or three things I'm doing this month to move my business forward towards my goal? So you kind of got the like bread and butter stuff you're doing to like deliver your clients or service or do your coaching or mentoring. That's kind of like the bread and butter. But then you've got the things like, oh, you might want to launch your own podcast. You might want to do a new avenue of a new webinar or a whole new program you want to develop. That's like a project in which you need to take steps on each week in order to achieve that goal. So you need to have that focus, that kind of roadmap for you. But separate to that, I mean, it's the same thing, but kind of a little bit more like tactical. You need to like understand where are you spending your time? Like we all have the same 24 hours a day and I'm a big believer we can always make more money. We can never make more time. And time really is our most precious commodity. Now, when you're at the start of your business, not earning much money, you might like, no, 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 my time is like worth nothing. Like I just need more money. And I get that. And I'm not saying start building a team this early on, but what I do want you to do is recognize the types of tasks that you are doing each day. How much, if you think about a ladder, okay, in front of you, and those of you, if you're watching the, the video right now, you'll see me do like do a ladder. But if you're listening to this, like just imagine a ladder. And then at the top of the runs are like the high value stuff. Typically, that's going to be like sales activity. It's going to be delivering your client service or coaching. And at the bottom is going to be those really low value stuff. So that could be cleaning your house. That could be ferrying being like the taxi service to your family. That could be like doing all the doing all the cooking. Or it could be doing your admin. It could be like scheduling your social media, whatever it is for you. Now it's going to be slightly different for every single person, but I want you to start being aware of where am I spending my time and how many of the low value things, things that aren't suited to your talent zone, you don't enjoy, that find diff really difficult. How many of those things are like eating into your day and week where you could be prioritizing the things higher up the ladder and making more money from your time? When you suddenly realize that you are the most important and expensive person in your business, in your life, including your family, you can start juggling, well, how do I spend my day? How do I want to choose to spend my day? And then going in with real focus for the high value stuff. And of course, the stuff that's low value, you just need to stop doing or you need to do less of, like scrolling on social media just for research, <laughs> like do 20 minutes, not two hours. Or but it's so easy to, to keep down the rabbit uh, hole. <laughs> yeah, so easy, so easy. And I, you know, I sit here like <laughs> looking like I'm a perfect person. I'm not. If any of you are aware of like the Australian soap home and away, I'm an obsessive. And I think that's maybe a British thing. But I'm a, So I'll sit there and just watch two hours of that. I'm like, what am I doing? And it's okay if you choose to do it. It's when your time is being dictated by fear, mindset stuff, or by other people. That's when you feel like you're out of control in what you're doing. And it's about realigning to having a day that would be like your ideal day. You're actually not that far away from an ideal day. You can get steps there within three months easy. 
What do you, what did you do first when you were kind of starting over? How, how did you go from hospitality to where, to where you are now? Oh, hospitality, public speaking coach. What else did I do? Various, lots of various things. Deep down, I knew I wanted like a coaching consulting type business, but I was 30 and I believed I wasn't ready enough. I wasn't big enough. I wasn't clever enough. Like I'd been promoted in my corporate career. I was like one of the youngest people in that level of business, of the business. And, you know, I had like 70 year old, typically like 80%, 90% male colleagues across the whole company. They'd like pat me on the back and like, oh, little dark kid, just like my grandchild. I'm like, ugh. And so there was a part of me, I, I knew I wanted to teach leadership. I knew I wanted to teach team. I knew I wanted to teach scaling businesses, but I was so worried that I'd look like an idiot in front of the people who I used to work with. And they'd judge me to be like, who's she? When I knew they were probably better than me in their corporate careers and more experienced than me. And I was like, who am I to have this role? So what that made me do was go through that like critical block, which we'll go through in terms of the freedom blocks later. The critical block came up. It was like, who are you to do this guy? Like, and be really negative. So what it did was made me go for different types of businesses who, that like hospitality that I had background in before. Or my family are very much like bricks and mortar entrepreneurs. So it's very like farming, properties, stuff, tangible stuff. And when I said like, I want to do a service-based business, they were like, what? What is that? My mom kept saying to me, don't you want to do like a product, like to do a product or, or start a wedding business, a wedding business, like that kind of service, like not an <laughs> online service business. They just didn't get it because they'd never had that kind of help. And they, I was made to believe that if I wanted to sell digital products online, it was like I was, I don't know, a robber or a thief or something like it was. So I had all these challenges around what I wanted to do, but feeling like the judgment of others on me. So I found myself experimenting in lots of different types of businesses and not quite doing what I wanted until I decided, like, what was the tipping point? I just decided, like, no more. Like, I got a coach or mentor that basically highlighted to me that I was worthy. I was enough. Like, my stuff was good enough that people in my industry needed to hear the message I had. And I started talking about it. And I realized, like, actually, there's a huge need here of which my skills really fit it. But what I would say to anyone who's looking for the idea or the career or the business, you're not going to walk out and find da -da, the thing. You're going to evolve. You're going to change. I'm still evolving and changing. My work went from very practical team management, HR stuff, systemizing businesses, time management, to a real blend of like unconscious leadership behavior work, leadership profiling, like a whole mixture of using intuitive strategy to see where the business owner is going to get to, which, you know, if I told my 65-year-old traditional farming Scottish dad that <laughs> he would tell me I, it was a load of bull, but now I don't care. I'm not looking for their approval. I just want to do yeah. what I know I'm great at. So I don't know if that answers your question. I suppose in summary, it's an evolution and you've got to be prepared to trust yourself and evolve and grow each day. Because if you look for perfection, you won't move. I think the main thing that I took away is belief in yourself and your ability 
to put into action what's on your heart without Mm -hmm. having to have validation from other people. That Mm -hmm. can really hold us back. And I would love to get into some of those other freedom blocks that we might be experiencing, but validation of others and allowing other people's opinions to steer where we're going is, in my opinion, one of the quickest ways to get out of alignment and halt your scaling because then we're so focused on what other people think instead of focusing on what we can bring to the table and how our style and our skill set can help people across the world, across the globe, you know, your neighbor can help someone that might be looking for your specific skill set and the way that you teach or show up for your audience. Yeah, absolutely. And what I recognize through corporate career and then working in small businesses offline, then online entrepreneurs, is there was a theme going on Mm. of people getting so time poor and pressurized that it was driving certain behaviors. And those behaviors were keeping them stuck in the doing rather than scaling their business. And by saying stuck in the doing, what I mean is they would constantly put themselves they would sacrifice themselves rather than, you know, work through others or or look after themselves first because they felt it was the right thing to do. And this whole theme came out whereby by putting themselves down and sacrificing, they actually were staying small and stuck. And I've done this many times too. And it's a pattern that comes back time and time again. But once you become really aware of it and seeing how it responds to you personally, you can do something about it. So there's four main blocks that come up there's a responsibility block. So that is the, you know, you passionately care for people so much that your boundaries get blurred, you overgive, you overdeliver the whole time, and you're saying yes to stuff that quite frankly, you probably shouldn't be. But because you care and it comes from such a positive intention and you, you just, other people are more important than you and there's like a shift of the balance. So that's responsibility block. Then there's critical block. But like what I was talking about in terms of perfectionism, like everything is like glass half empty. There's that negative voice in yourself that in your head that says like, you can't do this, we shouldn't do that, or that's not ready yet. What that typically means is you'll be like talking yourself out of sharing a post on social media or sharing a new offer to someone or following up because it's not quite ready yet or delegating a task because you're not, or someone's not going to do a good enough job or the, the task isn't quite ready. You don't know what the best thing is to delegate. So that becomes a real struggle. You stay stuck in the doing with the critical block. Yeah. Third one is the independence block. So that's belief that no matter what, it has to be you. It's a real masculine energy, that kind of like alpha who is in a time of crisis, they're the person who's leaned on. And you don't show emotion. You just kind of get on with it. You're really resilient. But ultimately, you keep it all locked up till it's too late. And then you, you, you hit burnout quite quickly. So that's the independent block. And then you've got the busy block. So that's the belief that like you can do everything yourself. You just have to work faster and harder. So you walk fast, talk fast, you work fast, you listen long. You just say, bing, 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 bing. And I, re- I remember being like, and you might, <laughs> this might be helpful for you, Liz, like stirring dinner, bouncing the baby with a foot, <laughs> replying to an email and listening to a podcast thinking, oh, I've got it all under control, really having done nothing. 
<laughs> and the challenge with that is when you're so busy doing, 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 you can't break the habit to actually systemize what it is you're doing and bring some people on with you. And so you stay stuck in this perpetual, I've got to fulfill, I've got to fulfill, I've got to fulfill, but people can't keep up with you. So it becomes impossible. So what these four freedom blocks do is keep you doing because it's safe. You're safe there. Keep on the tools, you're safe. If you're off the tools, you won't be growing, you'll be growing the business and you might get hurt. So there's this whole idea of like, you want to grow your business, you've got to get outside your comfort zone, but the freedom blocks keep you there. They literally block your path to freedom and keep you busy. Those are so good. Responsibility, critical, independence, and the busy block. I can hear just like my former self being like, yep, guilty, guilty, guilty. And some of them still practicing and trying to remove. So help me. Help me remove those blocks from mm -hmm. our daily lives. How do we do yeah. that so that we can? It's and it's scary, right? Because as you said, it it does keep us safe because that's what we're used to. Those are the habits that we've created and maybe the mindset that we're living in. But how do we step out of the uncomfortable space that's keeping us safe? How do we step into where we'll evolve into and remove some of those blocks? Great question. So there's two elements to this. There's the practical things we need in place in order to grow and scale a business. But what I learned was I knew all the practical stuff. I'd done it in corporate career time and time and time and time again. But when it came to my own business, I was like, what the heck? Why am I struggling with putting these practical things in place? Why am I struggling? So when I talk about practical stuff, that is like creating some structure, creating the systems, playing to my strengths and getting the right support in. I was like, why on earth am I struggling to delegate to a VA? Like, this is what I teach. What? <laughs> but I taught people a lot further ahead than me. And the story I was telling myself is, you're not ready yet. You're not big enough yet. You're not good enough yet. You're not consistent enough yet. And so what I learned was you can know all the practical steps. But if you do not step into your leadership ability, if you don't recognize the unique leadership style I have or you have, you're unable to recognize the patterns that keep you staying in the, like, and the freedom blocks that keep you stuck in the doing. So it's a real hybrid between I need a practical thing, but I know because of my freedom block, there's an unconscious pull to keep me in the, keep me stuck. So I need to work on a particular leadership style to be able to put the practical thing in place. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, that makes complete it's sense. Combined thing. Yeah. So if I just talk you through it briefly, obviously yeah. I could be here all afternoon talking about this, but <laughs> you guys are getting a the, really good free free session right here. <laughs> <laughs> with the responsibility block, you're doing all things to all people. So what do we need practically? We need some structure. Things happen in a certain way, you set work in a certain way, we don't over deliver, etc. But you want to please everyone. So what do you need to work on? We need to work on that inner purpose. Like, what's this all for? Like, what's the way you want to design your business? And when, and I'm, and I'm simplifying this, obviously, but when you connect with that, you can then put the structure in, which allows you to scale and remove. I, I say remove, I actually believe reduce because I think these things never quite go away. I think of them as big boulders. And what my work does is reduce them down to a tiny pebble. So they're there. But now you recognize when that pebble is going to like start growing again to a boulder and you can do something about it. I don't fully believe in my work. We totally remove stuff. That new level, new devil. So with the critical block, you're so negative, the whole negative conversation, we need to work on that inner positivity and reduce 
that critical block so that we can bring in the right support for us and we can share our stuff, share our tasks and share our message online. With the independence block, we're so focused on doing all things to everyone, we've lost our genius. We've lost our strengths. So we need to reconnect with our genius and genius of the people around us, play to our strengths, so that we can find the right people to bring in. And that's really by stepping into our power as a leader, defining like what makes you different. That way we can reduce the independence block and we can just stay in our zone and get help with the rest, kind of being, being okay to be vulnerable. And then the last one is the busy block, this like moving on. What we need to do is create systems because right now you're like a chef in the kitchen without a recipe book. And you want someone else to come make the meal, they're never going to be able to. They're never going to be able to follow you. You're like a whirlwind in the kitchen. (laughs) We need to create systems. But of course, your busy block does not want you to create systems because then you might have to hire someone. Then you might have to grow. Then you might decide this is what I'm doing. So it keeps you busy. And what we need to work on is our permission as a leader, our permission to slow down so then we can speed up. And if you've got a busy block, that's hard. You've got to actually slow down. So it's a real blend between you need these practical things in place. You need structure. You need systems. You need support. You need to pledge your strengths. But to be able to do that, you need to be aware of your unconscious leadership style so that we can reduce those leadership blocks, those freedom blocks, and allow you to put the things in place. So good. Choking. That was just so good. I'm so excited. (laughs) I've made you choke. (laughs) All right, you need a sip of water. Okay. If we want to step into our specific leadership role, do you have any resources for us to help identify what leadership style works for us? Yes. Okay. So what I've got is two things. I've got a practical resource, which is like, where am I at with my leadership level? Where am I at with growth? And it's like a really fun flow chart. And I also have a, like a, an unconscious leadership style quiz whereby you can understand which freedom block right now is affecting your business growth. So I can share both of those with you. They're both completely free and they can identify like practically where are you at and what do you need for the next stage? And then on a personal level, what freedom block right now is affecting your business success? Mm, those are sound so good. I'm going to go and take that quiz right now and get that flow chart for sure. But I'm just curious what leadership style I am. I'm, I don't really take, you know, any of those like Myers-Briggs tests or anything like that. So I'll be curious what my result is. And I will put those links in the show notes so you guys can go and check them out and take your own quiz too. Sky, this has been an incredible conversation. If we want to learn more from you, if we're looking to go deeper into our specific skill set, design our own freedom lifestyle, what where can we find find you? Where can we connect with you? Yeah, so I am on all of the platforms, but the best place is to come and find me on Instagram, Sky Barber. I have a free Facebook group, The Leader's Way, and I also have my own podcast. Full Freedom for Entrepreneurs with Sky Barber. So I share lots of tips and advice all on the similar subject. But do just come and say hi. Come and connect with me. Let me know this is how you found me. And I would love to hear about your your situation. And I'm all about having conversations with people. So let's just have a chat. Incredible. I will put all of your links because you have a ton of really great resources in the show notes as well. 
As we wrap up, just one final question for someone who might be afraid to start from scratch like you did. What advice would you give them? It's a tough one. Don't. There's so many different things I want to say, but I think particularly starting from scratch at this Mm -hmm. point, don't think of like a year from now. Think about next week. Think about what can I do this week to move this forward and take that small step. And when you do that every single day, every single week, in a month, you look back and you're like, wow, this is how far I come. I never thought I would be here and now wanting to scale to a million pounds and have an even bigger team and all that stuff. Like I hoped I would, but did I really believe it? I'm not sure. But by taking the small steps, you can achieve anything you desire. Think, don't act, focus on today and tomorrow, not a year from now. And my recommendation, just to add on to that, because it was so good, and this is something that I'm not very good at, is don't forget to look back at how far that you have come and celebrate who you are today versus who you were a year ago and all of the progress that you have made, all of the courageous moves that you have made throughout that year once you get there. Because sometimes I'm not very good at that, but I hope that those listening will be better and remember to do that because it's incredible the growth that we see even just in a short period of time, even just in one month, right? If we're really focused and intentional with what we're doing. Absolutely. Sky, thank you so much. It has been an honor to share this mic with you. Thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to continue to connect with you and learn from you. Thank you so much for having me. Hey there. What did you think of that episode? If you enjoyed it, here are a few free ways to help support the show. First, you can hit the follow button so you never miss a new episode or any bonus episodes that I create for timely advice. Secondly, if you screenshot the episode you're listening to and tag me on Instagram at lizbor underscore com, you'll be entered to win a special prize. And the prizes are really good. And lastly, reviews are one of the best ways to provide social proof to others that this show is worth a listen. Plus, it gives me an idea of the content that is most helpful to you. Feel free to include your podcast or Instagram name. I'll give you a shout out during a future episode for more exposure to you and your brand. A huge, huge thank you in advance.